Tonight's program takes us backstage to witness firsthand the creation, start to finish, of a new play mounted on the American stage. A play about a photographer who is stranded in a small town in the middle of nowhere is deconstructed on national TV from the perspective of the characters in the play, the screenwriting process, and the narrator. Hey everyone, welcome back to Clubhouse Movies Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Rubalcava, joined once again by Mr. Abel Panetta. Today we'll be reviewing Asteroid City, directed by Wes Anderson. All right, well, Asteroid City, okay. I, I've actually, I guess um, we got to get into this. We got to get into this, uh, and I've actually seen it maybe yeah. three times now. And I I've think, seen it one and a half times, like run through it in my head. You'd think someone like me, who is a photographer, would take joy that there's a movie about a play about a photographer, but... No. <laughs> I think my biggest complaint about this movie, I just wrote here, not funny. And the, the reason why... Yeah, it was not funny. You had to hunt for whatever you thought was funny. And the thing is, it's Wes Anderson. So it's like, is this funny? So I was thinking about this because for some reason, I just happened to watch a bunch of Quentin Tarantino movies uh, in, sandwiched in between viewings of this movie. Yeah. And I... I think they both kind of came out around the same time because I was thinking about Rushmore in 1998, right? And that was kind of like a hot thing that came out. And unfortunately, I never saw it. Uh, I don't know why. Yeah, I'm like trying. To, I'm like racking my brain trying to think about what the heck that was. But I do remember Royal Tenenbaums, and I do remember Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. And uh, Royal okay. Tenenbaums had that one moment. I think that was pretty funny when where Gwyneth Paltrow accidentally got her finger cut off, and she just had that was it. funny. <laughs> she kind of had yeah, a that funny was funny. expression on her face, yeah. Yeah. And Life Aquatic had some crazy eye moments with William Defoe and uh, Bill Murray that I can go back and think about. Uh, but other than that, I think I think I'm kind of done with Wes Anderson for a little while because uh, you know we yeah did didn't see he make that one other movie Hotel the Budapest the Hotel Grand or Budapest something Hotel. was that his? And he also made you see that one. I enjoyed that one. It wasn't bad. Now now we uh, last year. Uh, we also, or maybe I reviewed it, The French Dispatch. Also, not, oh, you did not funny, and I, and I and I saw it um, at the Burbank uh, AMC where all the uh, all the Hollywood extras go to watch movies that they've been in, and boy, they they laughed at every single like cut. <laughs> look, at that, look at that soft sniffing cut. down the the fart medicine, huh? <laughs> yeah, totally right. Oh, I I I, uh, I I didn't get any of the jokes, and I thought it was just a little kind of kind of fun kind of a quirky movie but yeah. not not so great um however i will defend fantastic mr fox because uh dude yes yeah so and <laughs> i'm also i'm also going to defend isle of dogs which was another one yes that did. also i think he needs to do more of these movies man like that kind of movie is is totally his speed it's they're off kilter just enough you know with the animation that he can kind of write a, a pretty neat plot that doesn't have to go all over the place like like his physical movies do, we'll say. Yeah, and I don't know if he's trying to be like Quentin Tarantino or he's some sort of offshoot of him because I feel like the styles are kind of the same where it comes to like deadpan. Uh, yeah, you know, but, linger on but it feels moment. like it's like they're, they're two sides of the same coin, you know? Yeah. It's like, or one has a glass and... It, you know, we'll say Salvador Dali is holding the glass to make this thing even weirder. And you have Quentin Tarantino who sees it half empty and you see Wes Anderson yes. who sees it 
half full. And I almost feel you know? like if Wes Anderson DP'd uh, a Quentin Tarantino movie, maybe you would have a masterpiece, unbeknownst to Dude. anything that anyone has ever seen. You know, <laughs> let's let's talk about this. Yeah, <laughs> let's record scratch and, that. And I'm not saying that Quentin Tarantino has a cinematography problem because I like you know his movies and they look great, no. uh, but they are not like yeah. fantastically uh, you know cartoonish. Let's no, say. I, I think they're more well written oh, than than yeah. Wes Anderson. The, the thing is with Quentin, his movies are just, there's not these crazy, it's not like this, this onion action going on. Like with, with Wes Anderson, Anderson's movies, you got to pay attention to literally every single little detail. And the problem is most of the characters speak too fast. They speak too fast and they also speak like they're acting. Like they're, they're, they're like, you don't believe that these are characters in the movies. And you talk about the little details. I, you know, yeah. I've seen Pulp Fiction like a million times, right? Who hasn't? Yeah. And I still, I'm still learning things about it. Like, uh, for example, did you know that every time John Travolta goes to the bathroom, something bad happens? Thing, things like that. And also, did, you know, I just put that together. Yeah, including his own murder halfway through the movie, and we see him at the end too. But yeah, he goes but to the thing is, these are good. Yeah, these are good things. And then there's also a scene that I picked up maybe about a year ago because I, I don't do drugs, right? But uh, yeah. but there's a, a scene. Uh, uh, throw it away, and you'll miss it. Where uh, <laughs> fiction now. Where John Travolta is buying heroin from his drug dealer, and then the drug dealer has a casual throwaway line. You think where he goes, "Oh, by the way, I'm all out of baggies. Can I give you a balloon?" And John Travolta is like, "Yeah, I don't care. Fine, right?" But but if you're if you know this thing, you're supposed yeah. to put uh, coke in balloons and heroin in baggies or some some form of this. And this is why uh-huh. Uma Thurman, when she finds the balloon or the baggie. She snorts it, thinking it's coke. Oh, and uh, and ODs and ODs because she took the wrong drug. She thought it was something else because the guy was out of bed. Like it's just layered on top of layers, on top of layers. And then like I go to a cigar shop the other day, and um, yeah, and I'm talking to the cigar guy about pipes because I don't know anything about pipes. And he's like, yeah, yeah you know, like this is good stuff. People buy this, people like this, but I don't know a whole lot about pipes too. He's like, yeah, I know. He's like, why is everyone so interested in pipes? I'm like, I just think about that scene from uh, Inglorious Bastards where Christoph Waltz pulls out that German, like, giant pipe. Yeah, yep. I know exactly what scene you're talking about. <laughs> and you can picture it in your mind. It's not like a, it's not like the most beautifully shot thing in the world, but like, it's so weird. But and even like yesterday, the scene is so intentional, dude. It is, it is like quiet. It's him. You hear every minute detail of that strike. And then I went to a restaurant yesterday, and then the, the guy's like, oh, uh, how many people in your party? And I go, three. And I look at, like, you know, like my people, I'm like, this is the German three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The <laughs> German three. <laughs> Every time I see someone throw, like my son, when he counts, he goes, one, two. I'm like, excuse me, son? <laughs> I'm like, what's up with this? I'm this like, is the we German do this here, three. buddy. Um, <laughs> He's like, listen here, Vada. <laughs> There's just a lot of little things, and 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 they pick up and they snowball in a Quentin Tarantino movie. And then I actually ended my my Quentin Tarantino uh, role with uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and like you know, I have yet to see that movie. <laughs> yeah, I was actually inspired to go drive by the uh, the murder house. Uh, oh no way! Saw that movie. That's a track, dude. Huh? That's a track from your place. Yeah, right. Well, I gotta get I gotta get some good acai bowls, and the best ones are in Studio City. Acai, acai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
you're wearing your Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, they, you know, they quote. Oh, uh, I just realized that. Or acai. How fitting. Zoom jitsu. Yeah. Oh, wow. There you go. Two things we're doing. <laughs> you know, that reminds me of, there was an old gag in, um, in this movie called Sledgehammer. It was a TV show, I mean, where the guy went to Blockbuster Video. It was in the 80s. And then he rented, uh, he rented uh, at-home target practice. And then he put it in his VCR, and then, dude, and then, and then and then on the TV is, is this like silhouette going shoot me, shoot me, shoot me, and then yeah. the guy pulls out his gun and shoots the TV. So stupid, dude. Totally unrelated, but the same thing. It remind I, me I not to rent that one again. I went axe throwing for the what, dude? I went axe throwing for the first time uh, like a few days ago. Oh, how'd that go? Oh, how'd that go? Dude, it was awesome. I, to my surprise, you can throw more than just axes at targets. I threw an axe. I threw a shovel, so zombies, you better watch out. <laughs> I threw little ninja stars and ninja stars that are bigger than my freaking hand. And let, let me tell you, they really do make that swing sound. Like all the <laughs> all the shows that have that sound effect, it's real. Yeah, I, I always want to do axe throwing. I want to try it overhead. It's it's pretty rad to, to do overhead. Yeah. I have a, my shoulders are tight, so I, I do the one-handed thing. No. But let me tell you, first freaking throw through a through a bullseye, and nice. I bullseyed with the shovel, right between the eyes there. Dude, split the bullseye in half Jason with the shovel. Jason special. Awesome. Special. <laughs> yeah, he better watch it, man. We'll get talking about that later. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it, just so much comes to mind when you think of a Quentin yeah. Tarantino movie, and it still does. Yeah, and not so much with a Wes Anderson movie. Like the only thing I can think of is. Well, because I'm a photographer and I like, I, I obviously want to travel a lot more across Europe to get photos of these iconic places. I, I see, you know, there are nods in Wes Anderson movies because he's, he's an artist. I will say that this guy can paint beautiful imagery, but that's, that's why I watch him. I don't watch him f- for the dialogue because it sucks. I watch yes. it because it is something nice to watch. So... Let's get into this movie, Asteroid City, which we're supposed to be reviewing. Instead, we could talk yeah. about Quentin Tarantino for days, apparently. <laughs> Whoops. So, I think from from right off the bat, this movie frames itself like a... Uh, what's his name? Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston, you know, known from Breaking Bad, Malcolm in the Middle. He is the narrator. And he's talking about how this play got made. What's the play called? Asteroid City. Edward Norton yeah. is the guy who wrote the play. And um, yeah. Jason Schwartzman is the guy starring in the play. Yeah. But we're mostly framing it from within the play. Like we're, we're following the plot of it where, where we're in this, I guess it's New Mexico City, Asteroid City, where an asteroid fell. I'm not sure if it was the dinosaur Yeah, somewhere asteroid. in the desert. Somewhere yeah. in the desert. And there, there's a science fair going on. Uh, and Jason Schwartzman, his wife died, and he's transporting his kids uh, to to apparently give and them up to uh, to the to the grandfather played by Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom Hanks. But what we what happens is his wife actually had passed away three weeks prior. Three weeks prior, and he's carrying around in a Tupperware container. Yeah. Um, and then since there is this uh, science fair going on, uh, Scarlett Johansson yeah, for his son. Huh? For um, for what's his face's son? Yeah, yeah. Schwartzman's uh, son is is to partake in this. Partaking in Scarlett Johansson's daughter and a bunch of other people. By the way, uh, if you remember Beverly from It, she appears in not (laughs) not It for once, so that was nice. And Steve Carell's in this for some reason. 
And, and yeah, he's the shopkeep of the motel establishment here. Yeah, he's the shopkeep, and it's in the middle of nowhere. And uh, every one of these kids, uh, let's say uh, maybe young adults, adolescents, they have like crazy inventions. Uh, Jason Schwartzman's yeah. kid, I guess, can project uh, advertising material on the moon. Someone invented a jetpack. Yeah. Someone invented a laser, <laughs> a laser gun that destroys things. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's a couple of things. They kind of come back and forth. There's there's the kid who likes to do dares. Do you dare me to jump off the cliff yeah, or something? Like, and he's like, and his dad this? is Lee Shriver. <laughs> yeah. You dare me? Dare you what? To jump off this bungalow. It's an experiment. No. And, uh, yeah, Liv Shriver, he's, he's also, like, with Steve Carell, apparently you can buy land on a vending machine. What do you swap for out of this particular jukebox, mister? Of course, I understand. This machine sells land. And then he's like, is this a scam? Yeah. And just a bunch of weird little vignettes going on during this that's, movie. And that's the thing. It's That's what frustrates me about this movie, is all of it is tiny vignettes that are put together, and you're just like, where is what and what is where? And and the movie starts with uh you know, it shows the bridge to nowhere. You know, it's just canceled. And and even yeah. even the way to Which the is asteroid. an overpass that is like twenty feet long. Yeah, and, and they, they do nuclear testing in the background. Uh because they're in the middle of New Mexico. And then the movie yeah. actually kind of starts with with, with uh what's his name? Matt Dillon, by the way, where have you been? From uh from uh, something about Mary. Whoa. Uh, he was yeah. the, he was the mechanic, uh, and Jason Schwartzman's car broke down. Right in the middle of nowhere, yeah. and he goes, "It's either a twenty dollars fix, or we got to rehaul your entire engine." And then he does the twenty dollars <laughs> fix, and then the thing explodes again. Like the flux capacitor flies out. The Matt Dillon, the mechanic, yeah, it's like I, I all the oil the comes thing. out from the center of the station wagon. Yeah, and he's, I don't know what the it's hell. It's wearing that thing a belt. <laughs> um, and I don't understand because I thought they were stranded there at first, but they weren't. They were there for the science fair, so they were going to be. There and that's the thing that anyway. bothered me. Yeah, I'm like. I'm like, so what is, I'm like, what's happening here, man? Like, yeah. and then, why? The, and the thing Edward is. Edward Norton is trying to understand, uh, you know, what to write, you know, what's going to call it. And yeah. He does a, 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 what do you call it? He, he's the he, writer of this, of this play that we're witnessing. He's the writer of the play. The actor, Jason Schwartzman, who he's playing, uh, he's playing Augie, right? Yeah. He comes and he says he wants to do it. And then he asks, he keeps asking, why does Augie burn his hand on the toaster not the toaster but it was like a grill like the uh the oh right grill. like it was like something you cook like a, yeah. like a like a hot pot there's a word for it but i can't forget it they're just they're just, Dude, the, just the portable know. grill why does augie burn his hand on the portable grill and uh you know i was thinking like and he's, he's always asking throughout this whole movie while it's happening like uh everyone behind the scenes and the the only thing I could think of was um, what's her name? Scarlett Johansson actually played uh, an actress in this, like she playing like a Marilyn Monroe type since like in the fifties. Yeah. And she's always wearing fake makeup. Like everyone thinks, like, oh, did someone hit you? Oh no, this is makeup for a movie. Yeah. And she's getting into character. She's always getting into character. She's always like she acts like she commits suicide at one point, but it's for a character. Uh, and I and while she's doing this, that's when Augie touches the thing. So maybe he wanted to feel real pain, whereas she has a lot of fake pain trying to emulate to be yeah. real pain. But anyway, that's what I would have thought. But apparently, Augie's actor uh, is not that deep. But uh, during this uh, this science fair, uh, hosted by the military for some reason, I guess they were trying to get the jetpack and the weapons and the the moon projectors uh, from these kids. Yeah, uh, it was taking place at the 
at the crater site. Uh, in, the in, like in the center of the crater. And the meteorite itself is actually in a weird cage, like it's being held like a cat or something. Yeah. Uh, so no one Like when it. someone pranks someone, have you seen it where they prank someone with, like, here's your bottle of whiskey, yeah. but it's been welded into a cage? Oh, I don't that's, know. That's Probably. what happened. I was thinking one of those like squirrel things pops out like a, you know, like a can oh. of snakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can of snakes. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Still, still like started poking eyes out. I don't know what the hell happened to those. Um, <laughs> dude, you know, on another note, you know, you ever hear of a Kinder chocolate egg? I saw a YouTube video. About oh, them. yeah. Yeah. Kinder, yeah, yeah. Those stupid eggs with the prizes in them or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're illegal in the United States because uh, too many kids thought that the chocolate, ins- the toys inside were chocolate. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's real. <laughs> so, because before, you, Come know, on, you man. watched the weirdest shit on YouTube, right? And then like, I, was I was so curious to know why I haven't weird, seen those at the checkouts. Dumb parents who, who made this thing happen. Listen, man, I have two kids. They can tell chocolate from plastic. That's yeah, not that difficult. Some your parent, your kids maybe, and then but some kids still can't tell the difference between a Tide Pod and uh, what a Starburst. I I don't know. But, you know, that's adults. Some adults can't do that. I, I get it. They're, they're idiots. Well, you know, they can have all the Tide Pods they want. Yeah. Um, if you can't figure it out, tough cookie, buddy. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> to literally tough cookies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was making me die. Tastes like burning. Probably going to say. Tastes like renal failure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bleeding inside my chest. <laughs> oh, uh, man. But anyway, uh, at, at the crater, they're doing the science fair. And then all the lights mm-hmm. turn out, everything turns green, and a very delightful computer animated alien comes and steals the crater. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, this and, and the- I will say it, like I, like I pointed out earlier with Wes Anderson being able to make such like beautiful imagery, I, I, like I mentioned to you before prior to recording, I, I upgraded my lights around my TV to these smart lights that react to whatever's on your screen. Uh, Govi, super cheap, mm-hmm. not a plug, check them out. Um, so when he drops in, it is green. I mean, he just obviously an alien. It's everything everyone thinks that it's going to be. And my entire living room just glows green. And it was the coolest scene I've experienced in a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. That's uh, it. Yeah. I hear even Stranger Things, the the Netflix people, they have a lot of like Govi uh, programs. That you oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It runs around the TV. It's it's the coolest thing, man. I mean, it was like 175 bucks for like a little box that plugs in by HDMI. Yeah. Great. This, anyway, this de- so delightful stop motion alien. Uh, steals the asteroid, and then the whole place turns into a quarantine zone. Yeah. And uh, they're trying to figure out what to do. And everyone's going kind of stir-crazy because they're stuck in the middle of yeah. nowhere. There's a diner. There's a, Maya Hawks teaching a bunch of students. They're teaching like these students what's going on, but they don't want to talk about the aliens. They yeah. know about the aliens. Uh, what else happens in this thing? <laughs> it's just all... It is. It's just, uh, just like a lot you said. It's a bunch of vignettes, dude. It's a bunch of subplots. So like Maya Hawk... Is teaching this school of um, I don't know or, if they're Christian or Catholic or kids, right? Uh, te- right? 
yeah, so they're teaching him something, and then, um, and then she is falling in love with this traveling band that happened to show up. You got a Johnny Cash type who's in a Canadian tuxedo. Yeah, you know, yeah, she's falling for him, and then we have, we have a. Uh, more time there's like it's it's all it's all subplot because you have augie talking to scarlett johansson's character window to window apparently he had done a photo shoot in a nude session you never see it it's just you know it's just all this subtext that's happening throughout the movie and you're watching it going when is all of this going to connect and i'll tell you right now none of it connects in the movie it connects when you talk about it it, it, and then, That's, and then there's a scene uh, where Edward Norton, the writer, he's in a classroom talking to like a bunch of creatives about like how the how the story should go, and then every yeah. all the actors doing it, and they're they're giving him plot points and like if you're what does he say if you're asleep how do you know if you're asleep, you know that whole thing, uh, yeah. And then I even wrote down like that big quote that, that Dark he, City. Remember everybody quotes at some point, oh, here, uh, you can't wake up if you don't fall asleep. Remember everyone kept on like, oh, Captain, my Captain Ming. You can't wake up yeah, if you can't fall asleep. Yeah, man, that was so weird. It was so weird. They were chanting it. Nowhere. You can't wake up if you don't fall asleep. They were just saying it over and over again. You can't wake up if you don't fall asleep. What was that? I'm so glad. What's that mean? You can't wake up if you don't fall asleep. What? That's not true. Say it again. Who cares? You can't wake up if you don't fall asleep. And, yeah, and um, I'm just like, oh man! All and all I could think of was, was Neo. Got, and I, it's because I was talking about the Matrix today. Is Neo when he goes to open his door, and he's delivering the the pirated operating system to you know the guy that goes to his door, and he's like, the guy's like, hey man, you wanna, you what's going on with your face? Like something's going on. He's like, you know, Neo goes, you know, if you you have those times where you're, if you're not completely sure if you're awake. Well, you're asleep, and the guy goes, mescaline. "Yeah, man, mescaline." The only way to fly. <laughs> the only way to fly. When I saw that, I was just like, "What is happening right now?" <laughs> Follow the white rabbit, Neo. And he's like, "Oh, <gasps> she's got a white rabbit." <laughs> yeah, I, I was watching the Trinity, the, the new, uh, the cracked the IRS database, D base. <laughs> God, the early two thousands were great. <laughs> yeah, early two thousands hackers when like they're. Remember, remember Angelina Jolie <laughs> <Lillard> were, <the, laughs> <Lillard> were the hackers? <laughs> Dude, that was awesome. <laughs> you, remember, you remember when Sandra Bullock got captured by the net? Dude. All I can remember her, what I'm saying is, her being chased by like a tram or something in her arm like this. Oh, no. Like, Do you remember when Austin Powers was in a tent pulling things out of a, <laughs> out of a bag? <laughs> Oh man! Oh, dude, my favorite Austin Powers thing where he, uh, one of one of them was uh, he was like trying to break into a base, and then there was a, uh, there was a peeing statue, and then like, as he was like running, like he accidentally unplugged the 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 the, the, the so he had to start it. peeing. Yeah, and then he started peeing like the be- behind the silhouette. Stop! Yeah, yeah, and then and then and then the guy looks and he just sees the peeing. He's like, oh. and then all of a sudden Austin Powers pulls out some asparagus and he's like eating it. Yeah. And you see that guard like, (laughs) dude, I'm going to say this right now. I saw every Austin Powers movie in theaters. Yeah, I saw the last two in theaters. But I just remember. Oh, man. (laughs) Growing old sucks. (laughs) 
Yeah, where where you been, Mike Myers? <laughs> Last time I saw him was oh, either Bohemian Rhapsody or in Glorious Bastards again, where he played played a British uh, general doing a caricature, oh, right. caricature of, a, of an I think English. It was Glorious Bastards for me. Yeah. Oh man. This is Operation Kino. Anyway, back to mescaline. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> much like uh, much like us, this movie breaks another fourth wall. Uh, yeah. Where we learn Edward Norton died. Uh, he was the writer of yep. this play. He dies. Uh, and uh, There's even a scene where Brian Cranston appears in the uh, the motel. And then everybody you know, stops. Like a Twilight Zone scene? Yeah. He stops and looks at everybody who looks at him and he goes, I'm not in this scene, am I? And he's like, who are you? <laughs> he's like, don't worry about it. And then, and then who, who else is in it? Who's... Who's the know. other guy that freaking um that who played Salvador Dali in in Midnight in Paris? Who's the guy with the schnoz on him? Oh, I forget. A lot of these guys. Oh. Let's see, Salvador. A- Adrian Brody. Oh yeah, Adrian Brody. Oh yeah, Adrian Brody. <laughs> Adrian Brody has a few reoccurring scenes in this movie. And the thing is, the scenes are happening externally of this plot for the actual movie he Asteroid was City. The director. For, the director. Yeah. It's just weird, man. Yeah, and then it's there's a lot a, going on, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and then there's a scene where they're actually going to let everyone go because the quarantine's over, but then the alien comes and returns the meteorite. Yeah. It's been cataloged. And he doesn't have any words, he just comes and looks really shy. And then leaves again, right? And then, and then yep. as everyone's like, they're like, oh, we got to quarantine again. Everyone goes crazy. Uh, and then uh, Jason Augie, Jason Swerfman's character goes, wait, why did he touch the hot pot? And leaves the set. Right? Left it. He left it. And then he walks past like everybody uh, who's yeah. behind the scenes, including Jeff Goldblum dressed in an alien costume. And he goes, Dude. yeah, well, everyone knows the alien is a metaphor. And then Augie, you know, Jason Swerfman's like, metaphor for what? He's like, I don't remember. And he's like, oh. And then and then he uh, he leaves the set, and then he's waiting for the next like scene that he's gonna be in. And then I guess it's like Broadway. There's a bunch of shows going, and he runs into Margot yeah, Robbie. Yeah, he's falling in love. With- yeah, he runs into Margot Robbie, who was cut from this play, where she became you know a lead in another play. Yeah. Um, and then he goes, oh, "Why did Augie touch the hot pot?" And then she goes, "Something about like." memories or something or I, I don't know they, they have like a conversation that i've seen like a few times but i don't quite understand oh, man what the heck was going yeah. on i was trying to get some closure in that talks to margot robbie that's what they do the uh you can't wake up if you haven't fall asleep farewell to the wife i guess yeah. like i guess the aliens like abducted him or something that they cut that whole part out and made no sense i don't know i i asteroid city kind of frustrated me i'll tell you what uh, it, it frustrated me and here's the here's the thing i took a lot of a lot of English classes for writing and all this stuff. And let me tell you, man, this, this movie. And, and again, I'm going to say, I, I wrote a whole paper on the subjectivity of English, which can apply to this, like the subjectivity of script writing and, you know, and all these subplots that you pull from that you're going to unfurl later on down the road. You're going to get foreshadowing. You're going to do all these crazy little fancy tricks, dude, none of it. None of it made sense. It was, hey, look, it's Wes Anderson. Put your name on it, man. Make it pretty. It's going to work. I I don't know. And he did the same thing with the French Dispatch. 
and I feel like yeah. and I feel like if I saw Grand Buda, Budapest Hotel and some of the other ones he made, I would have been kind of disappointed too. I, like I said, I liked Fantastic Fox. Yeah, I liked. And by the way, the movie just kind of stops. Like I don't think it. Like I, I guess they leave in the end. They they bury the. They leave, but but it just stops. That's the thing. There, it was all it was all a waste of time, as is whenever you stop in a little place in the middle of nowhere. And you know, I I've, I think I've mentioned like one of the worst movies I've ever seen. The only movie I've ever walked out of the theaters of, only movie I've ever walked out was Identity, and. I I'm I will tell Asteroid City you, you you get one you get one extra point for me that's above the the identity, that's because uh, at least Asteroid City told you at the beginning of the movie that we are watching a play, and you know what I mean they they didn't pull the, yeah like it it wasn't it was I'll, I'll say this, it didn't make me fall asleep like Jurassic Park three, oh, yeah. and I am talking about the original Jurassic Park. Yeah, the Jurassic Park three like so, that with the, with the slashes on it. It's like it's like right here, <laughs> right there. Yeah. Uh, but identity, uh, at some point they told you that like the characters in it weren't real, right? It was all in somebody's head. And that pissed yeah, me off which, because that's three quarters into the movie and you're trying to follow a mystery. Yeah. The mystery is there's no mystery. And I'm just like, you know, uh, and then somebody told me later on that there was another, there's another fake out there at the very end of that too. And I'm just like, okay, well even better as far as I can tell. Uh, yeah. This movie at least told you at the beginning that it's a play, right? Yeah. Uh, and then it ends, and then, like, the endings is very forgettable. I mean, oh, I will tell you, there was a cute roadrunner actually meet me being around. Meet me. It was, like, running like a real roadrunner. Oh. So that was oh, right. Cool. Yeah, yeah. There was. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, if, I think if they had a cat, it would have saved the movie. Huh, maybe yeah. they did. I don't even remember. But the other thing was uh, a, a couple of brief homages to Mars Attacks. Um, I think the alien itself. Dude, I haven't seen that movie in forever. Yeah, and his costume uh, were kind of inspired by Mars Attacks, maybe. But also, definitely, mm-hmm. they kept playing the cowboy song that killed the Martians. Do you remember the? There was like a cowboy song that they would play, where he's like, "Oh, you!" And then their, their heads oh, would yeah. explode inside. I was their, wondering why they would play that. Yeah, they played that like a few times. I guess I know. Uh, but you know what's kind of funny now that I mention it? Uh, that was also the way that they killed the aliens in Star Trek Beyond. They played music. They played oh. the. Um, they played the Beastie Boys to kill all those aliens. So. Oh yeah. It was the Mars yeah, did. ending from that. But like I said, not a whole lot here. I mean, check it out not. for some reason. So I'm, I'm going to give it a C plus. Asteroid okay. City is a movie that introduces a lot of ideas and themes early on gains some momentum and then completely fizzles out by the end. This movie would have benefited from a simpler story and a clearer narrative. You know, I couldn't agree more, man. I'm going to give this one a C-. And the only reason I didn't give it a D was because it was very pretty to look at. This movie definitely was an experience to watch. You know, and it had it probably had to be because it had these like awesome lighting effects at home and a great sound system and nobody was bothering me in a theater because I'd be really mad if I paid for this thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But watching it and experiencing it, experiencing the movie was great. Paying attention to the plot on the other hand, I was like, look, man, I'm all about these things, getting the most bang for my buck, getting these amazing little tidbits of, of flavor, we'll say. This thing was horrible. It sucked. And it felt like it just did a hard stop in most scenes. So for me, 
it's honestly it's it's toss-up you can watch it or not you're not gonna lose out there's no there's no continuity between any other wes anderson movie and this so there's no wes I anderson just watch versus, as far movies. as i can tell right like it's not like american Horror there is not yeah i, I don't get there's it none. so I, whoever whoever's financing his these wes anderson movies yeah uh, tighten the leash around wes anderson say, yeah say you don't want give him story. any wine glasses to fart in you know <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's enough <laughs> yeah, just, just 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 some really literally hard artsy fartsy fly fly on wall yeah. shit going on with these uh, <sighs> with these movies. Um, and I don't know, I don't know. I, I like we review them just to see them, and, and you, you kind of yeah. used to be kind of happy, but I'm, I think dare I say, uh, Wes Anderson is kind of becoming a little bit of an M Night Shyamalan. Uh, he is. Uh, but there's I, no twist. I think, yeah, I, I do think I will give Wes Anderson more credit because at least his movies look nice, like you say. They look nice. Yeah. And I can tell he has a, you know, he's trying. I don't know what M. Night Shyamalan's been doing with his life and who's financing his stuff. So, uh, selling his soul, dude. We said it. <laughs> sold his soul to the devil. But anyway, yeah. that has been our hot take. <laughs> on Asteroid City. Remember to like, share, oh, by the way, Asteroid City in quotation marks. Asteroid City. Remember to like, share, subscribe, check us out on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you find your stuffs. We are out there. I'm your host, Mark Robocaba, joined once again by Mr. Ale Panetta. We will catch you next time. Asteroid City. Friggin' aliens. <laughs>